Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Nick Campmine here, back with another episode of Meet the Taco Clubs. And today, I have the littlest toddler. If you are not already following him, you got to go give him a follow. The link to his Twitter will be down in the description below. But without further ado, bro, thank you for coming on the show, and I'm glad to have you here. Hey, Nick, thanks a lot. Glad to be here myself. Hey, everybody. Yeah, so, dude... um, I, I've been making my rounds on, on Twitter trying to get, you know, all the clubs on here. And you've been on my list for a while, but especially after um, you posted a thread uh, kind of talking about how your life has changed and some of the stuff you went through. And it it, it really touched me, you know, and uh, I think it was awesome how Bitcoin changed your life. So I think you're absolutely perfect to, uh, to come on the show tonight. Uh, thanks. That, that really means a lot to me. Um, yeah, the, the thread got a lot of attention and uh, it seemed to resonate with a lot of people. It was just kind of something that I'd been kind of putting together for a few weeks and then finally just decided to sit down and, and hash it out. But what was more important to me was all the people that it resonated with and, and people that went seemed like they were having a lot harder struggle, a lot more tough times than I was having. And, and then they shared their Bitcoin story. So the whole thing was just a great experience. It's awesome how you know, you can just be open like that on Bitcoin Twitter and like clubs are just like, you know, people call us the cyber hornets because we attack all the people who, uh, you know, go against Bitcoin and stuff. But I feel like also we're like a pack of wolves. Like, you know, we attack outsiders, but insiders we treat like family and we're always there to support them. So it's, I, I just think that's awesome to see. And I'm really interested in your Bitcoin rabbit hole story and how you found Bitcoin. Yeah, it's uh, I I found it uh, you know much like I, I broke down in the thread and I really appreciate the kind words and I couldn't agree more about you know your take on the plebs and how it, it's kind of like when you're here your family but uh, don't mess with this sort of thing I I really like that I have I take a real sense of pride uh, being just a small part of this community but how I got started was. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm in my late thirties and, uh, you know, pretty normal life, normal upbringing, middle-class, good parents. Um, but just didn't get a lot of kind of experience, you know, financial experience, real world experience, whatever you want to call it along the way. And it just eventually, you know, along with some, you know, bad personal choices I had made, it just got me to a point in my life where I wasn't happy. Um, because I knew my life wasn't going to turn out how I wanted it to and how, um, I deserve to turn out for my family, my wife and my kids. I have an amazing family and most amazing wife. And, and, you know, I, I wasn't being like, I had a real problem with honesty, you know, not being honest with myself, not being honest with my wife, um, bad financial decisions, like not thinking about the future. Um, just while I tried to keep up with the same kind of middle-class, you know, runabout that everybody else does. And, um, you know, it's like many times these things do, it, it came to a head, uh, you know, a few years back and I had to do, um, you know, I had a choice to make and, and I, I feel like I made the right one. And that led me to, you know, going to see some counselors, both, you know, like, uh, you know, mental health counselors, as well as uh, financial counselors. Um, and slowly but surely one step in front of the other, I got myself, uh, get my life in order, uh, you know, strengthened my relationships, things started getting infinitely better for me. Um, and then I found Bitcoin. I found um, a monetary system that lets me be hopeful for the future instead of uh, nihilistic or pessimistic about it. And the Bitcoin, why it's so important to me is, is this community and this movement is what has allowed me to 
solidify the good choices that I made in my life once I started doing so, right? Like I, I'm a, I'm, I've come to understand myself that I'm a real creature of habit and could have fallen back on a lot of bad, you know, bad habits and bad, you know, things that I was doing. And, uh, but just that hope for the future, knowing that we are part of, you know, this amazing system that's going to propel us into the future and let us, you know, throw off the ridiculous shackles that we've been living under. I mean, once you have hope and, and confidence in the future and confidence in what you're doing, it just makes everything so much easier. And, and that's, that's the kind of the, the boiled down version of my rabbit hole story. That's awesome, man. It's like um, Bitcoin was just reinforcing all those good habits that you uh, started to do. And um, like the incentive structure of Bitcoin was just, it just seemed to be perfect for you, man. It's, that's awesome to see. Yeah, it, it really did. It, it, you know, I used to have the same thinking as a lot of people, right? Like just, you know, paycheck to paycheck, month to month, you know, event to event, nothing really, you know, I did all the, you know, I had some savings and a few other things here and there, but I also had way too much debt and way too many bad habits. And it was causing stress on my life and my relationships. And, and uh, it just once I found Bitcoin, and I started stacking sats and, and just slowly but surely building and then seeing that wealth grow and then building that confidence as my knowledge grew. Um, it just reinforced everything like if for the first time, you know, you know, overall, obviously, I've had some good things happen to me in my life. But overall, this was the first time that I've, I've really felt like I've been 100% truly on the right path. And it's just made my family life and my work life and, you know, everything so much better. Uh, I was reading on the, I, I went to Texas for a conference and I picked up a book and I was reading it on the plane on the way back home. And it's the book by Robert Breedlove, Julia Taranowski, uh, Jimmy Song, and some of the other people, but it's called Thank God for Bitcoin. And they explain Bitcoin in a way where it's like, it's Bitcoin is like morally right money and fiat is morally wrong money. And they kind of go in and explain in depth why uh, Bitcoin is morally right. And, you know, fiat is theft and it's wrong. And um, yeah, I just think like, it's so crazy how money, like the money we use, like we don't, we normally don't even think about it, right? Like most people just think about money as a means of exchange, but the money and the financial system we live under, it's insane to me how much it can reinforce and change our habits on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. When you, when you know that like over a long enough time period, you know that it's losing value. So it de-incentivizes you to hold onto it and to save it because, you know, yes, you, you, you may have a, like an RSP or some sort of, you know, account where you get a small amount of interest and that builds over time. And, and that's what you're taught in school, right? Like compound interest, you know, how important it is and everything else. But at the, at the end of the day, like you can compound that all you want, but as the dollar loses value, as it has, you know, as you look back, historically from the you know 50s 60s 70s whatever time period you want to start when you see the the amount of value that the dollar has lost and how i make way more money like on paper than say my parents did but that doesn't mean that i'm exponentially better off because of the, the the value of the dollar has gone down and it's been it's been really stark here in canada we've had huge fluctuations just in my lifetime like i can remember when i was a kid we lived really close to the american border and we would go there all the time because the canadian dollar was worth like a buck 30 american like it was a great place to vacation and buy things and then i think we're sitting at like 68 cents on the u.s dollar right now and i know there's a lot of other factors other than just bad monetary policy and that but it's just when you see those kind of 
fluctuations in a system that's we're supposed to base our life around like nah i'm it's just not worth it anymore to me yeah i i always thought like growing up at times like you know inflation just never seems something that like had a good end goal and like it just never seems sustainable i can't speak english sustainable to me (laughs) but um like just like you said like you know you could be making more money but that doesn't mean you're well off and i mean like you know as long when the dollar hyperinflates, I could be making millions a year. And normally you think that's, that's amazing. But it's like when those millions can't even buy me breakfast, that that's a huge problem. And um, I'm curious, like, I know Canada, the Canadian money supply has grown exponentially over the past few, over the past year, because haven't, have they been doing like $2,000, uh, stimulus checks like every month or something like that? That was part of it. The stipulations were that you had to have had your income negatively impacted by COVID by a certain percentage. I was very fortunate, both my wife and I, we continued working through um through the pandemic and my small business is still kicking around. So I never, I didn't receive any government stimulus uh, whatsoever, although a lot of people did. Um, the The greater concern up here in Canada is that we don't have the same, I mean, I know you guys don't have a lot of transparency on like on the Fed and things like that either, but compared to you guys, we have even less and we get these nebulous reports, you know, Bank of Canada is doing quantitative easing and, you know, we currently have a liberal government in power. It's a, a very shaky government with not a lot, of, not a majority, but they, you know, we get news briefs, they're doing this and, you know, we're printing or we're borrowing money against this. But we don't have like, um, for instance, you know, Biden comes out and he, he says, oh, we're going to do one point nine trillion dollars of spending. We haven't gotten that here in Canada. And we have gone almost two years to the day without a federal budget, which I, is just criminal. We're getting our first one in two years on April 19th. And anybody that's paying attention is and that has is terrified for what's going to be in that. Like, it's just, it, I almost feel like it's going to be like the death knell on my kids' futures because it's just going to be so incredibly bad because we know they've been spending all this money and borrowing all this money against the dollar. And it's been going on for two years and we don't even know how much it is. And it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so crazy. But I, I always think I would be so lost and so confused looking at everything going on around today in the U.S. and Canada and the entire world, really. And I would be so hopeless if Bitcoin was not, you know, real or if Bitcoin didn't exist. So thank God for Satoshi that he made it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's it's strange, right? Like even in the last couple of years, I've just noticed such a, a change in tone with people. And I know the pandemic, you know, and, and the government imposed restrictions around the pandemic have a lot to do with that. But, you know, you I can't walk into a lunchroom at my work without the talk being, oh, when are, people are worried about when they're going to be able to get vaccinated. And, and uh, you know, I got friends trying to do home renovations and, you know, the price of lumber is up, you know, 300% while the government's telling us inflation's only up 1.5%. Like, like that's half the problem is that just you can't 
no one understands the system um, because there's so many moving parts and there's so many elites and bankers and everything else that we as regular people don't have access to. One of the best things I like about Bitcoin is like I run a node and I can just pull up any transaction I want. And, you know, there's some anonymity and some other factors there, but I can see every transaction on the network. There's no there's no dodginess. There's no, oh, you know, where did this come from or why this is extra Bitcoin? Like, no, that's impossible. I can see it. Like that transparency is, is, is amazing. And I think it's one of the things that, that makes the Bitcoin so strong. So going into, that's actually a perfect leeway into my next question is what is your, what do you think is the most like amazing thing about Bitcoin? What is your favorite thing about Bitcoin out of all of the many, many, many aspects of it? It's a really hard question because like you said, it's just such an amazing system that there's so many things to talk about. But um, I I really enjoy the equality of it all. That's, you know, it's going back to that transparency part that it is a system that can be built that anybody can audit, anybody can look at. And, and there's, of course, a saying that, you know, the plebs use quite a bit is that everyone stacks the amount of sats that they deserve, right? And, you know, paraphrasing on that, you know, you know kind of, you know, cultural phrase. And it's, uh, and it's really true. So it, Bitcoin is all about, you know, putting in the work to gain the knowledge. And when you have the knowledge, whether it's given to you by a pleb or a friend or you read it in an article, whatever it is, when you have that knowledge, it's, it's up to you what to do with it. And we are all equal under the amount of work and knowledge, work that we want to put in and knowledge that we want to gain. I mean, I'm like, a, like I keep saying, I'm a, I'm a regular middle class guy. I, I'll, I may never get to a whole coin, but I am infinitely better off now than I was yesterday because I stacked today and the week before that and two years before that and certainly, you know, five, six, seven years before that. So that's that's what I love about it. And we all have an equal footing. There's no there's no hidden games. There's no hidden deals. There's no power elites, you know, call it what you want. It's that's my favorite part about Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's rules, not rulers. You know, it's like the people at the Federal Reserve in the United States, they have to play it by the same rules and the same game as, you know, someone in, let's say in a developing country who, you know, only has a smartphone. And I, I totally agree. I love the equality of Bitcoin. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah. It, it highlights that inflation point too, right? Because you're, you're in a fiat system with inflation, your money is being stolen every day, even if it doesn't leave your bank account. Right. And with you, you get your sats, you get them in your wallet, you take them offline and no one is coming for those. It's up to your own personal responsibility to hang on to them again, making everything equal because you can't be bled dry through systems that you have no control over. Oh yeah. And it's like, these people at the Federal Reserve, you know, and people who just run the money, it's like, they're just normal everyday people, just like you and me. It's like, what gives them the right to govern over our money and devalue our money, you know, at the click of a button? And Bitcoin, I love it so much because it just levels the playing field. And now, like, they have no choice but to play by our rules. And I mean, like, it may take them a little bit while since you know, the dollar is still the global reserve currency and they're still going to, you know, try and print their way out of it. But it's like, we know the end game and we know where things are headed and we're headed towards a Bitcoin standard and there's literally nothing they can do about it. I couldn't agree more. So another thing I wanted to touch on is you said everyone stacks sats at the price they deserve. 
I really like that. And they stack like the amount of stats that they deserve. And that's just, that's just proof of work. You know, you get out what you put in. And that's something that I think is, you know, going to motivate a lot of people who let's say don't like working a lot or they don't have that much to, you know, go out and get what's theirs because they know it's a fair system. They know that, you know, they're not getting screwed over in any way and they can feel confident going out, earning their money, storing it in a money that's behind a wall, just, you know, cyber hornets and 21 million hard cap <laughs> supply and they can feel confident saving for their future and once you get over that barrier because i know there's a big you know kind of mental barrier or mental block into bitcoin but it's like once you get over that hump it's like you know the sky i, I don't even want to say the sky's the limit or the moon's the limit because it's it's way past that you know yeah, it's it's I it's the I won't, I'll put credit where credit's due. That's certainly not my saying. I picked it up through the community, but it's uh, I, it really speaks to me, and I've I've used it a number of times. Um, you know, discussing Bitcoin out there and in in the real world and online, of course. And I I I do think it's true. I I if, what I would have liked to have gotten into Bitcoin when it was ten dollars a coin. Of course, who wouldn't? You'd be crazy not to when you've seen the price go up. But that being said, I look back on it, and when the Bitcoin price was that amount. It's when I wasn't making the best choices in my life. So chances are, if I had bought a hundred coins for ten dollars, I probably would have sold them when they were, you know, twenty dollars, right? And, you know, take my profit and go home because I wouldn't have been patient enough and mature enough and ready to see the big picture. Um, so I wouldn't have deserved those sats, I guess, to bring it back to you. So yes, even though I got in at a time when I was not only getting my financial future in order, you know, in, in the current system. So I couldn't just throw everything into Bitcoin. Um, and the price was obviously, you know, considerable. Um, I was very fortunate to get in when I got in. And a big part of that is, I think, because I got in around the last halving, which um, BTS uh, Sessions made a comment that, you know, it's weird that I got into Bitcoin when we we're in a bear bear market. Which, you know, I can see his point there, but I was very fortunate that, you know, uh, around the halvings, the community was just so focused on the education of Bitcoin, why we have to have these halvings, why it's important, why this determines the supply that makes it better than the current system that we're in. And yes, even though the price was depressed and there was a lot of volatility, it, it was a great time to get in. And, um, you know, I learned as much as I could. And now I can honestly say I feel like I deserve, you know, the sats that I have, right? So... Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. When I, when I first got into Bitcoin, I was thinking like, man, like, cause I got in in 2017 and I was thinking, man, this, this thing is like $6,000 and it started at literally zero. Yep. How on earth did I miss it when it was a penny, 10 cents, $1, $10 and so on and so on. Like up until the very first day I heard about Bitcoin, like the very first day I bought it, I had never heard about anything related to it. And as I was going down the rabbit hole, just completely, you know, mind blown about this, you know, currency that was growing under my nose for years and I couldn't even see it. One of the one of the quotes I saw on Twitter was someone who said something like, it doesn't matter if you didn't buy Bitcoin in the past all what it matters is what you do, you know, with it now and how many sats you stack now. Like, don't, you know, you can't change the past. There's no point in, you know, being upset over it. So it's like, 
what are you going to do now? Right. And now you're stacking stats. Now you know what to do. And now you're on the right path to, you know, creating a legacy for your family really with Bitcoin. And it's, it's awesome to see, dude. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really amazing when you think about it. And, and I'd like to think that I'm honest with myself now that I, you know, enough with myself now that I don't look back on those times. Like, Oh, if I only had known, like I'd be a millionaire or whatever. Cause I probably wouldn't have been, like I said, I would have made those mistakes. And I've had people, uh, one guy in particular, you know, message me and be like, you know, I know you're really into Bitcoin. You know, I don't think it's for me, but can we talk about it sometime? And, you know, we sat down and had a beer and stuff and it was great. And he did end up, you know, buying a little, he's not down the rabbit hole, but you know, at least he's got, uh, he's got enough skin in the game that he may want to continue to look at it in the future. But he wanted, that's one of the things he said to me, like, how do you, how do you, how are you so passionate about this space when you're getting in, when it's, you know, 16, 17,000, $18,000 a coin or more, um, of course, is where we see it now. I think today it's around 75 in Canada. Um, it's like, he asked me, you know, how do you justify being so passionate about this community when you've missed the boat? And it, you just stare at people like that with a blank face and you say, man, like I haven't missed anything. Like we're just getting started. We are so early and it's it's amazing like the the psychology behind people who like you know haven't taken the time to really understand Bitcoin and it's hard to understand Bitcoin. Bitcoin takes a deep learning curve. I mean Bitcoin has a deep learning curve, you know. And um I remember when I first got into Bitcoin, I was like, man, I missed the boat. It's six thousand dollars, you know. I got to look into, you know, these old coins to try and match the, uh, the same, uh, success, but obviously we don't do that. Uh, we know why that's wrong, but it's like, everyone always thinks they missed the boat. I remember like American Hoddle was tweeting the other week saying like he found Bitcoin at $200 and thought he missed the boat. I met a guy on clubhouse that found Bitcoin at $3 and Oof. said he missed he thought he missed the boat and it's like no matter what price it's bitcoin is you're always going to feel like you missed the boat so it's just better to just start stacking stats and you know get on with it yeah i i could i really couldn't agree more and to a point you made earlier like if you start with five dollars you know what, next week, that's still going to be that same amount of Bitcoin, it might be a few dollars, a few cents less or a few cents more. But we know that we're moving towards a standard where that whatever sats you bought for that $5 is always going to be that amount of sats. It's not going to be, you know, a go from 1500 to 1200 in five years because of inflation. Like that's not how this works. And, and yeah, you know, there's, there's definitely a learning curve. And I did the altcoin thing, same as everybody else, because I feel like, we're programmed into this instant gratification society. I, I have a really, I really struggle with my kids, like trying to help them not get trapped in it because it's just so easy to be instantly pleased and never bored. And that's what people say when they're like, Oh, how can you justify getting into Bitcoin when it's $60,000 a coin? Because all of a sudden it's not a get rich quick scheme anymore for, you know, 99% of the people out there that can invest, you know, hundred million dollars in one shot. So they, it's this get rich quick mentality that drives people to altcoins or drives people to the stock market. When you and I both know, and the rest of the plebs know, you just, you get as much as you can and you hold on for dear life. And it doesn't matter if it's $5 or $500. 
uh, I build my stack a couple bucks every day, five or six bucks a year. Um, if I get a little extra money in my paycheck, I throw it right on there as much as I can. And uh, I don't care if it's a buck today or 10 bucks or a hundred bucks, it all helps. And I don't feel like I missed the boat in the least. That's the way, man. That, that is the way. <laughs> so yeah. what are you on to my next question? What are you most looking forward to in the Bitcoin space? I think um, as I get to know uh, some of the some of the plebs and the people in this community, and, and you're 100 percent right what you said at the start of the podcast, that this community is so amazingly open Um I think this is the third show like this I've been on and I'm like I still don't know why people want to talk to me but it's just we're all just one big family and I want to see more what I'm looking forward to most is more people in our community in our family building around Bitcoin um, I, th- I think when we were chatting through email there to get ready for this I, I said that you know it's cool you know Visa PayPal you know Tesla, whatever you want to talk about, getting into Bitcoin, fine. Um, but what really excites me is the people that are starting from within the space and building with the space in mind. So, you know, you got Crypto Cloaks, you got Lolly, you got Fold, you got, you know, a, a, a million podcasts and publications and books. So I'm, and, you know, the services that we know that are coming down the line around the Lightning Network and, and when, as adoption continues to pick up, we're going to have even more innovation. And I don't, I could care less about what these multi-million dollar companies are doing because they're always going to be stuck in their ways. I get it. They may help drive adoption a little bit. They may help bring some more plebs onto our side in the long run, but they're always going to be working within the framework of this old system. So what I'm most excited for with regards to Bitcoin is these, you know, the new innovations, the new programs, the new services and technologies that plebs like you and me are, are going to be coming up with. Right. And that's, you know, I couldn't, that that's, that's what I'm looking forward to is just what the future holds that we're building, not what people are taking from our community thinking it's what we want. Cause it's not, we want to build our own society, our own way of doing things. And, and that's what I want to see more, more Bitcoin or innovation for Bitcoiners. Oh yeah. And one of the things that the plebs have over these like big corporations is, is that the plebs have this like passion for working on Bitcoin and wanting to promote it. Like, you know, the plebs are fully orange pilled, right? And they will, like Michael Saylor says, they'll fight to the death for Bitcoin. Yep. A lot of these institutions won't. And one of the things that reminds me of, um, I remember like, you know, plebs, we're going to huddle on for dear life. We're not selling for anything. And I remember a few months ago, there was a company that had a full, I think it was called like Next Tech or something. And they had a $4 million allocation to Bitcoin. And when that article came out, um, FUDding, it was, uh, it was kind of a FUD, but it was just kind of a misreport of uh, the Bitcoin double spend. They were claiming that Bitcoin was double spent and, you know, the protocol was broken. And this company lost their shit. They sold all their Bitcoin and got out of the market. And to my knowledge, they haven't bought back in. And that was at 30K. Like they all they had to do was just do their research and know like why that didn't happen. You know, the plebs weren't freaking out. If anything, the plebs were gobbling up those Bitcoin that the uh, that, that company sold. And it's just like the plebs just have this this strong mentality and you know knowledge of bitcoin and they can 
you know, see past any bullshit that comes up and, you know, just keep chugging along, stacking stats. And uh, I think it's also good for like Bitcoin companies as well. It's like, I know like uh, Bitcoin Magazine does this, like we just hire Bitcoiners off Twitter. I know Swan Bitcoin does the same thing. Corey was talking about it in a podcast. He was like, it's, it's when you're hiring Bitcoiners, you know, you're hiring someone who's going to put 110% effort into their job every day and be really passionate and excited to show up for work. And, you know, obviously happy workers create a great work environment and, you know, just it's overall great for the company. Whereas like some companies will hire people who have no idea what they're doing. They don't know what Bitcoin is. They don't know, you know, all the details and drama and all the stuff in it. And it's like, they're going to do a worse job just because the Bitcoin space is a very complicated space and you, you need these uh, smart plebs working at your place. And uh, I, I'm just overall super freaking bullish. Yeah. And I think you're going to see a lot more of these, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, maybe that's an overstatement, but you're going to see more of these big companies, you know, buy a few Bitcoin, um, you know, put a little bit of money in it to get the press release while the number's high. And then we're going to see, like you said, that FUD, we're going to get some idiots going to make the environmental argument that we've debunked a hundred times. Somebody's going to talk about double spend. There's going to be a price correction and someone's going to jump on the, it's going to zero bandwagon. You know what I mean? And, and then they'll get in and they'll get out and, you know, us, you know, normies are no, you know, Bitcoiners, regular people trying to stack a few sats, like you said, are going to gobble them right up. Michael Saylor's going to sit back and wring his hands, gobble them up. And then these companies that are starting from a Bitcoin, Bitcoin, uh, you know, a Bitcoin starting point, they're going to grab those up. And as the price continues to climb and the system continues to grow, then they're going to become stronger companies. And, you know, I honestly believe that some of these people that, like you said, that are just so amazingly passionate, they either have the skill set or they're willing to learn the skill set because they want to be here. And they're going to be the, you know, the mega companies or the the, the big companies of the future that, you know, that uh, startups and, and, you know, investors are looking for and, and, and entrepreneurs aspire to be because we were here first. Right. So. And it's also pretty cool. Like, I mean, Jack Mallers is a college dropout like myself and he was talking about on Twitter and he's like, Oh, at here at strike, I will hire you if you are passionate about Bitcoin and you can provide value to my company. And he was going off saying how he doesn't care what your background is, what your history is, you know, what, if you have a degree or not, if you, if you're a college dropout, he said, if you're a high school dropout, he would hire you. I mean, like where else? And I'm pretty sure I know a lot of other companies in the space with the same mindset. And it's like, all they care about is, picking up good people and providing value. What other industry are you going to get that in? Yeah. And I think it's because we all came to our knowledge about Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin, pardon me, organically. And we, you know, developed a passion for it. And we've shown that aptitude that we can learn and we can adapt and we can be better people. And, you know, and, and to your point about Bitcoin being moral money, we can be better stewards for the future. And like you said, you can, I've learned more watching YouTube videos and reading books over the past two or three years than I did when I was in university. And, you know, that doesn't mean that what I learned while I was there was bad or I don't use it anymore, but I feel more value in the stuff that I've independently learned because of my passion for this space and this community and the support of the community members and the plebs that are in it. hundred percent, bro. So 
we're ending we've gone a little bit over time which is perfectly fine this this interview i really enjoyed it and it went by way too quickly but way too fast <laughs> before we sign off here i have one more question for you and you can get as full tart as you want but <laughs> what is your price prediction for the end of this year 2021 and for a nine years at 2030 so there's no way with the way things are rolling and the budget that we're about to get up here in Canada next week or so, there's no way that we're not blowing 100K out of the water up here in Canada by the end of the year. Um, I, I don't get, um, I don't have the skill set yet to watch the charts and see the, you know, the pattern. So, I mean, this is just my, maybe this is my passion coming through. And, but in the short time that I've been in this space and with the knowledge that I have acquired, I mean, we're going to blow 100K out of the water easy by the end of the year. Um, which is insanely cool, of course. Um, but as far as 2030 goes, um, you know what, man, I don't know. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be just as wild as people are saying it's going to be. I mean, we've seen 400 K predictions. We've seen 500 K prediction. We've seen million dollar, million dollar predictions. No matter what I say, I'm going to get yelled at for being too bearish, but by the time 20, uh, 2030 rolls around, I'm going to be, you know, at a point in my life where I'm going to be thinking about what my kids want to do after high school. Um, you know, what my business is doing, what my career is doing and, you know what, it, it could be still 100K in 2030 and it wouldn't matter to me because I'm along for the ride and I know that if it's a worth 100K in, at 2030, it's it's something something's wrong in the system and, and I just can't see it. I think it's going to be worth so much. Um, it's going to be amazing and it's going to be the system that we want it to be built by us for us and that we can be proud of uh, moving into the future with. So yeah, I'm 100K easy, more than 100K easy by the end of this year. And the sky's the limit for 2030, I guess, is what I was trying to say. Let's go. I love that. So <laughs> thank you again, bro, for coming on the show. I really enjoyed this chat. We got to do it more often. And yeah, before we sign off, is there anything you want to shill or any shout outs you want to do? Uh, no, I'm, you know, I'm just happy to, uh, I, like I said, I've got, I've had the chance to do kind of podcasts and shows like these a few times now. And I just always like to bring it back to the people that helped me get started in this space. And, and, you know, those people know who they are and, and, uh, and just really the community, I wouldn't be here without you guys. And, um, while I'll, uh, you know, I'm proud of myself for the changes that I made to my life that affected positive change with my family and my work. Um, I don't know if I would have been able to keep them up without the knowledge that I gained in this community and the support of this community. And uh, I had a great time tonight. And, uh, you know, like I said, onwards and upwards, boys, the sky's the limits. Let's do this. Awesome. So if you made it to the end of this interview, leave a like down below. Also, go follow The Littlest Hobbler on Twitter. His link will be in the description. And I'll see you guys next week with a brand new guest. Peace.